Did you know that you can work with the goddesses and the moon? Did you know that you can work with goddesses and your personal horoscope chart based on your time, date and place of birth? If you didn't know, then you're in luck because I'm explaining all about this in this week's podcast. the Mainly Moonology podcast. I'm your host, Yasmin Boland, an award-winning astrologer and the Sunday Times best-selling author of books including Moonology and creator of the Moonology Oracle Cards. My intention for this podcast is to help you understand how you can create your dream life using Mainly Moonology, the moon, as your guide. So there are a few different ways to do astrology. There's astrology done the old-fashioned way, which, dare I say, is a little bit patriarchal, and I think there is astrology for the new age, and I like to think that that's what I practice, astrology for the new age. Now, don't get me wrong, I strongly believe in following the astrology rules. In fact, when I was learning astrology very early on, one of my earliest teachers, in fact, probably my earliest astrology teacher drummed into my head that, you know, astrology is an ancient system that we must respect and you can't just go off and make your own rules and there are really strict sort of formulas and keywords and rules and regulations that you must follow. And I 100% agree with that. You can't just go off and decide that, oh, well, I think that Mars square Pluto means this or I think that Venus in the sixth house means this. There are very strict astrology rules that you have to stick to if you want to be a good astrologer. But with all that said, you can, once you've mastered the basics of astrology, and can I just say mastering the basics of astrology, I would say takes at least two, if not five years. You know, it's a a big, big subject. But once you've got to that stage, I think it's okay to then add something of your own. And actually, as I'm telling you this, it reminds me of one of my meditation teachers, a guy called Dr. Tom Knowles. Some of you will know of him. An amazing, amazing guy who taught me transcendental meditation many years ago. He studied with Deepak Chopra, who I'm going to be talking about a bit later today as well. Anyway, Tom used to say that, you know, he didn't mind what you did before or after your meditation, you know, if you wanted to do, I don't know, certain mudras using your fingers or eye movements to get you in the zone or some people like to take a particular herb before they meditate. He didn't mind what you did before or after your meditation as long as you did the meditation properly the way it was taught by him and taught by his lineage, handed down years of decades and decades and decades before him. And it's a bit like that with astrology. You know, as long as you get the basics right, it's okay to add your own spin. So that is what I am going to be telling you about today. I believe that astrology can be used as a sacred mandala because here is the thing. Astrology is predictable. And you, that might sound funny because you might think, well, your know, life is chaos and how can astrology predict anything? But the planets so far all move at a really regulated and predictable rate. We know that the sun will take about 12 months to go through all the 12 signs. We know that the moon will take about a month 
a month to go through all the 12 signs. We know that Mercury will appear to go retrograde up to four times a year. We know there will be up to seven eclipses a year and never less than four. So, you know, it's with astrology, we there, there is a lot that you can predict. And based on this, you can start to work with it in quite magical ways. So, for example, we know that every year the moon will cycle through 12 or 13 of the signs with the new moons and the full moons. The first time I had the idea to work with astrology and the celestial realms was when I wrote Angel Astrology 101 with uh, Doreen Virtue, and I did do a podcast about angel astrology. In fact, I've done a couple couple of weeks ago and a couple of months ago. So have a look in the archives if you want to hear about Angel Astrology 101. And what I realized when I did that with Doreen is that I could pair up the angels and the signs. In fact, Doreen, as I explained in one of those podcasts, had already done that. And then she kind of, I thought she was setting me a test and I had to work out what I thought. So I went off and I meditated and I cogitated and I researched and I came back with the angels that I thought went with the signs. It turned out we had, I think, nine out of 12 were the same. And so that's when I realized, oh, okay, so you can start to work with the angels, you know, when the new moon is in the sign of Aries, for example, you can work with the Aries Archangel Ariel, or when the new moon is in the sign of Cancer or Moonchild, for example, you can work with the Archangel Gabriel, which is the Archangel of the sign of Cancer or Moonchild, and so on. And so I did this with Doreen and it went really well and uh, I really enjoyed it. And I did it partly because the opportunity to work with Doreen opened up and also because I'd actually done one of her or a couple of her workshops and uh, and I really did want to work with um, the angels. But before I ever even became interested in the angels, I had been interested in goddesses for a very, very long time. Um, the first time that goddesses really came into my life was actually when I met and interviewed Deepak Chopra. I was lucky enough to fly to California from Sydney, Australia, and uh, I I had three hours one-on-one with Deepak in his office. The interview was set up by um, a mutual friend, Leon Naxon, who runs Hay House Australia. And so I suppose for that reason Deepak decided to give me this quite unfettered access. Uh, We sat in his office, as I said, for about three hours, and it was really a life-changing three hours, as you can imagine. Getting three hours one-on-one with Deepak Chopra was kind of mind-blowing and amazing. At the end of our three-hour chat, he gave me a book. I was like, oh, wow, okay, thank you. He literally just turned around off his bookshelf and picked it off his bookshelf turned around from his desk and picked it off his bookshelf and uh, and he gave it to me and it was all about goddesses. Now, this would have been about 1999, I think, and I was a bit surprised. I was like, oh, that's a bit off the mark. I had absolutely no interest in goddesses whatsoever. I was really just starting to get into meditation and, in fact, Deepak's book um, Unconditional Life had got me even deeper into meditation, so I was you know, had I had I predicted he was going to give me a present at the end of our interview, I think I would have expected it to be something about meditation or maybe his latest uh, CD or whatever. I think at the time he just released his book about Rumi, the poet Rumi. 
But no, it was this book about goddesses. And I remember saying, oh, thank you, and just kind of putting it aside and thinking, okay, well, that's a bit unexpected, but, you know, okay. Feels a bit off base. And it did surprise me because obviously, you know, he's an extremely intuitive man. So I took the book home with me. I kept the book and and I just stuck it on my bookshelf. It wasn't written by him. It was written by someone else. But it turns out his intuition was spot on because a few years later, it all started to make sense. And I'll, I'll just give you a really quick rundown of how I came to work with goddesses. It's just a little story really about, you know, the fact that I well, initially what happened was in about 2005, I went to the Sri Narayani Pedam in India for the first time. So for those of you who don't know, that's the ashram I've been going to on and off for about, I don't know, 16 years now. And it was a kind of a random thing how I ended up there. It's a story for another time. But basically what you get at the Sri Narayani Pedam in southern India is it's the home of the triple goddess Narayani, which is Lakshmi, Saraswati, and Durga. So the goddess power is very, very strong at Pedam. And I learned about these three goddesses, Lakshmi, who's the goddess of abundance but also of love, Saraswati, who's the goddess of divine feminine wisdom, and Durga, who's the goddess with the power to destroy ignorance. So I started to learn about these goddesses and there are beautiful statues of these goddesses at the ashram in India and I started to, something inside me really started to wake up and I started to feel very connected to this goddess energy. And I actually remember around this time was when um, the Dan Brown book, The Da Vinci Code, was out. And it was just selling its socks off. And I remember actually traveling from Sydney to India for this trip and just seeing stacks and stacks of this book, literally piles and piles of the Da Vinci Code book um, in the airport at Sydney and then arriving in Mumbai have many hours later and getting off there. And then there were piles and piles and stacks and stacks of the Da Vinci Code at Mumbai Airport as well. If you haven't read the book or if you didn't get the book. The book is actually about the divine feminine and it's about the goddess and the re-emergence of the divine feminine. And I remember saying to Amma, um, maybe somewhat naively, Amma being the teacher at the ashram, Narayani Amma, I remember saying, actually, Amma, because Amma represents the goddess, and I sort of said, kind of cheeky, but I said, that's a very good time for you to be a goddess, uh, to be representing the goddess, Amma, because, you know, the divine feminine is really popular right now. And, in fact, there's that book, The Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. It's really popular at the moment. It's selling worldwide. And, uh, you know, it's a really good time for you to be, you know, representing the goddess. And Amma laughed at me and said, Yasmin, the reason why that book is selling well is because now is the time of the reemergence of the goddess, the goddess is rising, the re-emergence of the divine feminine. Words to that effect. I'm just going to pause this podcast to let you know that I have a free guide and a workshop, a paid workshop, all about goddesses and the moon and your chart. If you would like to access this, start by going to moonmessages.com forward slash goddess guide. You can download the PDF from there. It's free. And on the thank you page, I'll give you a link to download the workshop all about goddesses and the moon. It's a really good workshop, if I may say. It's powerful and it will help you get started with working with goddesses, your chart and the moon. So, in fact, 
I really started to feel the call of the goddess. And I actually another little thing I remember was once I was on the internet and I saw this summit which was all about goddesses and it's just had all these different women speaking about goddess energy and goddess power. And you know when you hear your calling, I, I remember I heard my calling as to be a journalist back when I was really a young kid, like maybe, I don't know, six or five or six or seven or something like that. This was obviously many years later. I was in my 30s by then, but I felt very much when I remember looking at this summit with all these goddesses, and I, I think I bought the summit in the end, it was like, oh, my God, yes, the goddess, the goddess, the goddess. Oh, my God, I really need to know about this goddess. And uh, and then when my son was born, I can't remember why I did it exactly, but I felt the urge to look up all the goddess asteroids in his chart. And they do have goddess asteroids, like there's a goddess for – there's a there's a Durga asteroid and there's a Lakshmi asteroid and so on. So I looked all those up in his chart and they were off the scale. He had so many powerful goddesses in his chart. And that's really how my journey with the goddess began. And I started to get more and more interested and just got more and more involved and in researching and reading and writing. And uh that's about when the fact that Deepak Chopra had given me this goddess book started to make sense. So, of course, I pulled that off the shelf. It was brilliant because it had so much information in it. And also I learned that actually I have the goddess kind of encoded into my DNA because my lineage is basically, if you really wanted to break it down, it's kind of like half Maltese, half Irish. And you know, of course, Ireland is the home of many famous Celtic goddesses, such as Bridget, for example. And uh, Malta is said by many to be the home of the goddess. Now, that's a story for another day as well. But it made sense that I had this strong interest in the goddess because of my heritage. And so as my interest in the goddess grew and as my understanding of the goddess grew, I knew I wanted to find a way to work with the goddess and the moon. So just as I work with angel sign by sign, so too I have devised a way to work with the goddess sign by sign. Now, the basis for the signs that I've associated with the goddesses actually came from a result of doing an article, I, those of you who are Australian and of a certain age <laughs> will remember a magazine called Clio magazine. And uh, back in, so I'd, I'd been to all this, I'd been to India, I'd had the book from Deepak, I'd, I'd just had my son actually, and I was, Louis now 15, I was commissioned by Clio to write a magazine, uh, sorry, to write an article about goddesses. Um, I think I probably suggested it to them and said, you know, you can align astrology with goddesses. And they commissioned me and I was like, oh, my God, now I've got to, like, do this. So I got in touch with an amazing woman called Dr. Glennis Livingston, Dr. Glennis Livingston, who is really a true goddess scholar. I still have no idea how I was lucky enough to get access to Dr. Glennis Livingston, Glennis as I call her. But we ended up on the phone and I explained to her that I was writing this article for Clio and I'd said I wanted to align all, this, all the astrology signs with goddesses and actually I wasn't really 100% sure what I should do or how I should do it. 
And she was so generous. She has a degree in goddess scholarship from Berkeley University from the 1970s. She just, what what Glennis doesn't know about goddesses probably isn't worth knowing. Anyway, so together we went through all the star signs and all the goddesses and we worked out the correspondences. Over the years, as my research has taken me to new places, I have pretty much stuck with that initial list. Okay, and I'll give you a link where you can um, download the list if you would like to. I've put it into a PDF. It's moonmessages.com forward slash goddess guide, goddess guide, moonmessages.com forward slash goddess guide. So with this list in place, I believe there are now two main ways to work with a goddess energy and astrology. So the first is to think about the three main pillars of your chart, okay? So your sun, your moon, and your rising sign. So why do these matter? Because in astrology, even though we have, you know, all the planets and all the houses and all the signs in our chart, the sun, moon, and rising sign really are the main profiles of your chart or the main pillars. So I always remember, for example, at an astrology conference I went to, excuse me, not that many years ago, they gave you stickers and, you know, instead of putting your name, you had to put your sun, your moon and your rising sign. They are the three main pillars of your chart. The sun is the essential you, the moon is what you need, it's your emotional self and your rising sign is the way you come across. So as you start to learn about the goddesses, start to think about, okay, if my rising sign is this, then this is my ruling goddess. If my sun sign is this, sun sign and star sign are interchangeable terms, then this is the the goddess that rules my sun and so on. So grab the free guide, moonmessages.com forward slash goddess guide, and you can have a look then at which signs rule your sun, moon and rising sign and therefore which goddesses are most intrinsic to your horoscope. And what you can do, and I, I explain this in the guide, you can you know, print out a picture of the goddess, put it on your table and start to get to know them and start to work with them. You can research them. I've also, I'm also going to do later on today a workshop, a workshop all about the moon and goddesses. So you can grab that. Um, I'll, I'll, that will be available at moonmessages.com forward slash goddess workshop. So that's pretty fun as well. And the other way that you can work with goddesses is you can work with them over the course of a year by working with the new moon through all 12 signs. So, for example, when the new moon is in the sign of Aries, for example, then you turn to the goddess Athena because Athena is the Aries goddess. This was actually, because Aries is the first sign of the zodiac, this was actually one of the first goddesses that Dr. Glennis Livingston and I worked out together. So Aries is the first sign of the zodiac and it's ruled by the planet of war, Mars. Okay. So who would we pair it with? Well, why not the goddess that at least in the patriarchal telling of the myth, Athena was born wearing her uniform, her military uniform. She basically sprang fully formed from her father, Zeus, ready for combat. 
And so, of course, you know, Athena goes very well with the sign of Aries. So, for example, when the new moon is in the sign of Aries, then it's a really good time to work with Athena. And Athena might help you with such things as, are you being assertive enough? She's very assertive, you know, she's very forward pushing. She's she's nobody's fool if you need to be more like Athena than, you know, the new moon in Aries. Tune into Athena, look her up research her, read about her, download her picture and work with the Athena energies, okay? So it goes like that all the way through all the 12 signs. And doing this is an amazing way to get in touch with the goddesses. Goddess energy is definitely rising. We can all feel it. You know, it's the it's the return of the goddess. It's the re-emergence of the divine feminine. And it's all about balancing out the male and the female energies. And working with the goddesses in your chart with your sun, moon and rising sign or with the new moons throughout the year is an amazing, amazing way to start to really know the goddesses. You can also substitute your own goddesses as you go along. For example, for the sign of Cancer or Moonchild, there are at least three goddesses I would like to use. I've actually started my basic list, which if you get the guide, you'll see is Selene, the moon goddess Selene. But, you know, I could just as easily have used Selene or Diana is another favourite for the sign of Cancer slash Moonchild or Luna. So, you know, there you go. If you would like to know more about the goddesses in a very simple way, then download my free goddesses and the moon guide at moonmessages.com forward slash goddess guide or have a look in the show notes and I'll put a link to the workshop, which will be about an hour long and will go a little bit deeper and give you a few more ideas about how to work with the goddesses, your chart and the moon. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this week's Mainly Moonology podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe, give us a review, and we'll be eternally grateful. We publish the podcast every Monday, 4 p.m. UK time, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, and I'm afraid to say it's silly o'clock in Australia, but it will be there when you wake up on a Tuesday morning. Have a great week.